cannot be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Tara, our death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello everyone. It has been some time and then some. It's been more than some time. It's been a little bit longer than that. Um, apologies for the absence. Uh, this one I have a very good reason for. And you may say, we don't care, Ben. We're bitter and we're angry and you've left us alone out here to fend for ourselves as the world is crumbling. And I'd say, wait a minute, that's fair. But not fully fair because the world's not really crumbling as much as it was just a few weeks ago. Why? Because there was a wonder, I wouldn't call it a blue wave, but I would call it a, like there was definitely blue waves coming in that people rode on boogie boards of whatever color they chose into the shore of freedom. God, it's been a long time, and I used to be better at this because I would have been able to bring that analogy home in a way that didn't sound stupid. But the point is this. Um, Midterm elections happened, and the Republicans kept the Senate, which was not surprising. Everybody expected that to happen. Uh, Disappointing, I found it, because I was hoping we would get the full-on blue wave and turn both houses of Congress. And again, not even in this time this very unique time in our history because, not even because um, we, not even because Democrats are so much better than Republicans, because as James Comey, lifelong Republican, tweeted, man, I have mixed feelings about for sure, but tweeted long ago, as a lifelong Republican, I believe we have to elect Democrats to both houses of Congress in these midterm elections just in order to hold this out-of-control administration to account because um, they have, the Republican Congress has abdicated their responsibility to do so. And they have to protect, they have to be a check on an out-of-control or on any executive branch, let alone an out-of-control one that seems to be continually hiring criminals almost like it's a game. Like, you know, people play like license plate games driving across the country. Trump administrations like plays like let's hire a criminal game and see if we can get all of our all of our spots filled with with criminals. My brain's broken. I think that's clear to everybody. It's two weird analogies that didn't go anywhere. But again, I'm not blaming myself. I'm blaming Trump. Because he's ruined everybody's brain, and we're living in an alternate reality. He is Biff Tannen from Back to the Future 2 in the alternate 1985, living up there in Biff's tower, Trump Tower. Do you see the analogies? Do you understand? Rich billionaire, swung his money around, weird guy, strange hair, aggressive, not nice, misogynistic, a lot of stuff that 
echoes there. And did they predict the rise of Trump? I believe that they did. Robert Zemeckis has always been ahead of his time. Literally, he's been back to the future many times before we were ever there. And we're going to have to deal with the fact that we're not going to have that sports almanac. We're not going to be able to predict the, predict the future, but we can do our best to react as the things happen and to anticipate and stop certain things that we think will likely happen, even though we don't know for sure, stop them before they unfold. And that is the big reason why I was gone for many weeks. I, about seven or eight weeks ago, went to a political conference in Philadelphia called Arena, an amazing conference. Really, really enjoyed being there. Really cool people. And um, I was inspired when I was there to do what I can to help be between you and I, and I realize that's a big audience that I'm trying asking to keep that between, but I trust you guys. You're the brain trust. That's the whole point. Um, and I was inspired to do what I can to help flip both houses of Congress and at least ensure that the house flipped. And I wanted to help create his, to do that, to help create historic voter turnout because generally when Democrats, um, when election, when Generally, Democrats win elections when the turnout is very high, when votes are suppressed, like they tried to do in Georgia recently, and and uh, by kicking tons of voters off the rolls illegally or in very shady ways and largely African-American voters, then Republicans win, and it's not cool to do. But I wanted to do whatever I could to turn create historic voter turnout, especially among young people and among minorities, and in order to help ensure that we can control our future as best as we can. And so when I was at that conference, I had an idea. I remembered an idea that Scott Richardson, you guys know his name, he's my former writing partner and producing partner. We created Comedy Juice together, past podcast guest. Uh, he and I, 10 years ago with Norman Lear, we came up with an idea we brought to Norman Lear about doing a telethon called the Declare Yourself Telethon, which was going to be the, be the first telethon to raise zero dollars and instead it would register voters. And that idea hit me again. I was like, whoa, remember that old idea that Scott and I are working on? What if I made it a voter turnout telethon, still the first, first telethon ever with the goal of raising zero dollars, and we will succeed. And instead, make it about making sure that we, we take pledges to make sure people promise to just come to the polls the next day and bring their friends with them and massively increase voter turnout. And I came back from that conference and decided to try to make it happen. So I went to this political event and met this amazing woman named Hannah Lincoln-Hoker, who runs ICM Politics, and she loved the idea. I was at the, the the conference, arena conference, sorry, it's late at night, and I forgot to mention, with my dear friend Rick Sorkin, also past podcast guest. He cameoed in the Israel-Middle East episode. He was on my Israel trip a year and a half ago. And um, I, brought, uh, I invited him to go to arena with me. And at Arena, when I had that idea, I told him about it. He loved it, and he wanted to help on board and help me do it. So then I went solo to this political event back in L.A., met Hannah. She loved the idea, and the three of us started brainstorming on how we can make this happen and started calling people and trying to make connections everywhere we could. And we, you know, it's a very long story that I'll tell you in more depth in another time because I'm finally taking a vacation in just a few moments. Um, I'm going to sleep for about three and a half hours. And then I'm going to leave for Cabo for five days because I've been working myself to the bone lately and need a vacation very badly. And um, so I'll tell you the full story of, of the telethon another time. But 
the three of us worked very, very, very hard around the clock, especially Rick and I were working like full time on it. Hannah had a bunch of other political things she was working on as well. But um, Rick and I around the clock, putting budgets together, trying to get funding, trying to figure it out. We pitched MTV. They loved the idea, wanted to do it, didn't have enough resources. After a few days, decided they couldn't do it in such a short time span. At this point, we're about five weeks before the election. And we pitched Comedy Central. Same exact thing happened. Said the exact same thing. Loved it. Didn't have the money and resources in such a short time frame. Thought it was too tight to get it done. Pitched YouTube to produce it. Same exact thing. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to still do it. And I'm going to get it done without any distributor and just make it happen out of sheer force of will. And Rick and I kept working and kept working. And Hannah was trying to get us funding, as was our friend Ben Sheehan and other people. And we were trying a bunch of different angles. And then Hannah finally was able to close that funding. Our first dollars came in. A huge amount of money came in, um, thanks to the amazing people at XQ, um, which is run by Mark Echo and Lorreen Powell Jobs, Steve Jobs' widow. And they came on board. They're a nonprofit and a nonpartisan organization. And their big mission is to help um, get people involved in school boards, their local school boards. And that's the way you can be involved in local politics year-round. People as young as 18 can even run for office. And um, they also just support very much voter turnout in our democracy. And they came on board and we had our first dollars in. And we decided we could, on a very, very shoestring budget, produce some kind of telethon with just whatever money we had, even though it was about one-tenth of what a TV show should cost. And then suddenly from there, um, a friend of mine also from that Israel trip, Erica Flynn, um, said she had a contact at the YouTube space, which is this amazing production facility that they give for free to people with channels that have over 10,000 subscribers. Mine does not. I do not ever post on YouTube very often. I'm starting to lately, but I only have like 2,300 crazily. It's by far my lowest social media. Um, and so I had booked a couple of YouTubers on the show that I was hoping to do that had way over 10,000. And one of, my, one of them, my friend Olga K, had over 800,000 subscribers. And she makes these cool moosh socks. Check them out. Weird socks with ears on them. It's hard to explain. And Check out Olga K-A-Y on YouTube. It'll make more sense there. She also is a circus performer and juggler. You'll see it. Um, and so they loved the cause, believed in it fully, and donated to us. Not just one soundstage at the YouTube Space LA and Playa Vista, but like six sound stages and all of their green rooms, control room, dressing rooms. Uh, the whole facility, basically. And now we had an... And all their equipment, all the cameras, all the mics, the lighting, the jibs, the cranes. And all of a sudden now we had all of that donated and our first dollars in. And I knew for sure we'd be able to pull this thing off in some way or another, even though we still had to raise a ton of money. And guess what? We now had less than three weeks until the show. Well, we started trying to find a showrunner. We found one. She had to quit after a couple of days. Didn't realize how much we had to do. And um, had a family emergency and just had to bail. And we opened our office the Monday, two weeks to the day before the show, which happened on November 5th. So two weeks before that on Monday, an office that was donated to us at Participant Media that Hannah hooked up. Huge shout out to them as well. And we lost our showrunner two days later. And now we, uh, Wednesday, 
only 11 business days before the show, had nobody running our show. I was running it. Um, then Barry Katz, my manager, came in and came on board to help us executive produce the show. And he got us an amazing showrunner called Neil Mant, who uh, was awesome and came on board starting Thursday night. Now just literally, sorry, I said 11 business days. That's not even accurate. It was the Wednesday when we had no showrunner. It was five, six, seven, eight, nine business days before the show. So now Neil starts. We have eight business days before the show. An enormous two-hour live telethon I wanted to do to try to help change the course of history in our country and try to help create historic voter turnout. And that's not a lot of time to do that. Normally, any TV show would be in pre-production for months and months and months and be sold and planned for over a year and literally in an office for three, four months. And we had eight days now to pull it off. On day one, that Monday, we had just me, Rick Sorkin, Ben Morrison, who's been on the podcast a million times, coming on board to write the podcast with me. I was the head writer. Morrison was the senior writer. Then we started bringing on more and more writers, ended up having about seven writers by the end of the process, some amazing people, some donating their time. And because we didn't have money to pay people, and the wins we did, we didn't have money to pay them well. And um, then by the time Neil started that Thursday, eight days left till the show, he starts hiring on some more people that knew what they were doing. I found a lead to a line producer and hired her on, Julia Grimm, who was amazing. I was I did We the People at Politicon, an amazing We the People, with Jenk Uger and Ida Rodriguez on the left, and Liz Wheeler from One American News Network, and Michael Loftus, comedian on the right. And I'll be releasing that as an episode in the upcoming weeks as well. But um at Politicon, the big political conference, they have big political convention rather they have every year with every heavy hitter in politics at the LA Convention Center. Walking in my car after day one, I just was walking alongside this nice young woman who I asked what she does. And she said that she is a talent coordinator, talent manager who handles bookings of celebrity talent for all kinds of shows. And I'm like, oh my God, I need exactly that. Our show's in two weeks. And she came on board and was incredible. Her name's Kate. Tuckwood Taylor, and she crushed it for us. And everybody starts coming in. And then, you know, recently we were trying to raise partisan money because it was going to be a partisan telethon. And I had talked to, uh, I had a phone call that my friend Tina Mirfarsi set up because um, we had randomly dinner. And I told her all about this. And she's like, I want to help you get funding and figure it out. And she came through in such a major way and really made it a mission to help us get funding and tried so many different angles and then got me on one call with the CEO of When We All Vote, Michelle Obama's Turn Out the Vote organization, another nonpartisan nonprofit org. But this was a week before, cutting back one week before we even had our first dollars from XQ. And so we weren't planning on being nonpartisan. I was planning on writing a very partisan, very anti-Trump telethon. And he said on the phone, we can't fund it at all if it's at all partisan. If you even mention political issues in any way indicating an opinion one way or the other, we can't be part of it. But if you end up deciding that you want to be nonpartisan, give us a call and maybe we can help you close your funding gap. And we came back a week later and I remembered, oh my gosh, when we all vote, Kyle Learman, oh my gosh. I just said, oh my gosh, twice, like I'm a schoolboy. It's not the point. I stopped criticizing myself because I'm trying to do bigger things and sometimes my language gets weird. Don't, don't yell at me. You're right, self. Thank you. Point being, called him back. We had a big conference call with their entire team. 
went really well. They said, we'll tell you in the morning if we're going to come on board and close your funding gap. Next morning, they said, we're in. 24 hours later, now Friday, only six days before the show, six business days and eight actual days, they flew their COO, Kim Pazer, out from D.C. all the way to L.A. to do a walkthrough with us in the YouTube space. And all of a sudden, we now have hired a production company to work, an actual physical production company, to do the shooting and the and the, the audio recording and the lighting. And now we all of a sudden had a crew of over 130 people just six business days before the show. And we start booking people and names come in. The reason, the, the, the reason I became a Wooney Tunes character suddenly, be very quiet while hunting rabbits. The reason that um, I was able to even get anybody on board for this is that I forgot to mention a key detail is that three weeks earlier, when everybody was saying no, I just decided I was going to text a bunch of my celebrity friends and famous comedian friends and ask them if I'm able to pull off a telethon to help get voter turnout and help us um, help affect the outcome of this, this election in a positive way. Would you be on board? It would be Sunday, November 4th or Monday, November 5th. And within two hours, 22 people said yes. Huge names, Judd Apatow. And um, just amazing, amazing people all came on board. And I had these great names, Jeffrey Ross and Sophia Bush and these amazing people that agreed to do it and Jade Taylor and from the magicians and all these great people. And so now we had um, Michelle Obama's group helping book Chelsea Handler. I had texted a couple weeks earlier about it. Didn't write back to the text. Then all of a sudden randomly one morning she and Mary McCormick hit me up on text saying, what's up with your telethon? You still doing it? And I said, yeah, we're trying to still make it happen. And Chelsea and Mary both said, I'm said, we're in, we'll help you book people. And Mary got us Connie Britton. And then Minnie Driver had to drop out last, last minute, but uh, due to a family emergency that she had. But um, Chelsea came through in the most amazing way and got us Charlize Theron, who is now on board, who I was asking her to, to reach out to for about a week and a half, got us um, Amy Schumer on board. Can you believe it? Got us Deborah Messing, got us Sean Hayes. She got us um, Jane Fonda, the icon, the legend, someone who's really dedicated her life to speaking for causes she believes in and controversial at times for sure, but an American icon who's always lived her life by principles and by what she believes in and someone I admire so greatly and I've gotten to hang with a few times over the years. And now she's on board. And then all of a sudden, when we all vote, got Natalie Portman on board, one of my favorites. I'm sure I've told you the story of when she and I met 10 years earlier and I'll tell you the funny interaction we had backstage another time. And all of a sudden, we had this insane show and then Barry Katz got us... Dr. Phil and Larry King and Jim Jeffries and Jeff Ross and Nick Swardson. And all of a sudden we have all of these people, part of the telethon, over half of them showing up live to work the phone bank and call people who've made pledges and make sure they're ready to vote the next day and know where their polling place is and they're bringing voting squads to the polls with them. And all of a sudden, this guy that I had just met through an email through, through Chelsea told his old friend Olivia Munn about it. Richard uh, Richard Green from the Hill TV and just from, from the Hill.com, the, the political website, told Olivia Munn, not only did she want to be involved, she wanted to co-host the event with me. And all of a sudden, I'm co-hosting the event with Olivia Munn. It's partnered with Michelle Obama's When We All Vote. 
And we've got 95 enormous celebrities and comedians on board for the show. And Kevin Smith of Smodcast Network fame, and also one of the most iconic filmmakers of our time, he hops on board. And everybody, I mean, just the most incredible lineup of people came on board for this show. And it was magical. All these YouTube stars like Tyler Oakley and Rhett and Link and people like Ashley Benson and uh, just incredible people all wanted to be part of it. And it was a magical night. And we did it live. And you can see it. It's pinned on the top of my Twitter page. And it's something I'm incredibly proud of. And due to the short time frame, there were tiny little, a few little things I would have done, of course, differently and better. But considering a time frame that this should not have been possible, and all the people that came on board to work with me and work with us and make this happen under such a short time frame for such a small amount of money, which hopefully I'll be able to give some people some raises now because we ended up raising a close amount to what we'd hoped. But they didn't do it for the money. They did it to help the country. And that's why I did it. That's why Rick Sorkin did it. That's why Hannah Lincoln-Hoker did it. And it was incredible to work on something that people were just dedicated to solving with their hearts and to helping. We had a graphics guy named Jesse Benjamin who also was from one of the reality Israel trips that came on board to do our graphics and work for a fraction of his normal rate. He used to do graphics for Comedy Central and for um, Super Deluxe. And he just, everybody wanted to help. And everybody came on board and Barry Katz came on board and worked so hard. And it was just inspiring. Matt Brady took on the, the responsibility of the production on his company's shoulders of the liability of, of, of paying everybody and doing payroll. And it was just one of the most inspiring things I've ever gotten to do in my life. And I'm so glad that I got to do it. And I'm so glad that those of you that knew about it, those of you in the brain trust that watched it, got to enjoy it. And if you haven't, like I said, it's pinned to the top of my Twitter page, the link from Ellen's, um, YouTube channel, because also in those two weeks, somehow we then got MTV to at least agree to put it on their social media channels. And Comedy Central came on board and sponsored us and put it on their social media channels, their YouTube, their Facebook, their Twitter, and ComedyCentral.com, and their apps. And Chelsea Handler started, uh, agreed to live stream it and, and to get other celebrities to live stream it. And then Judy Greer did and Megan Trainer did. And we were live streaming at all these different places and Watch Mojo and Con TV and uh, Funny or Die. I talked to the, one of the heads of Funny or Die on the phone and convinced him in a few minutes to come do it through an inspiring speech where I said, come on, put let's let's forget about company lines and all work together to simulcast this thing and try to get as wide an audience as we can. Thanks That connection was thanks to my friend Wendy Clank, who I met at an event where I just randomly during a stand-up gig at my, at my friend Alex Banayan's uh, book event here in LA for his book, The Third Door, an incredible book. You should read about how to make success happen through back ways which is really what this telethon did. Um, amazing book. And um, she offered to help and she got all these people involved and interested and it just all came together in this amazing, amazing way. And so please watch it if you haven't. It's two hours and 20 minutes and I think you'll really enjoy it. And the next day, historic voter turnout happened in the country. The next day, we had the best voter turnout we'd had in over 50 years and record turnout among young people. And Democrats took back the House by a huge margin, picking up an enormous amount of seats. And there's still work to do, because like I said up top, we didn't take the Senate, and Trump's still in office. 
I'm not a Democrat. By we, I mean just people that are, are trying to fight evil forces that are trying to take our country back hundreds of years and allow selfish, greedy, racist, misogynist, non-American sovereignty-minded interests into our homes. And that must be stopped at all costs. And that's the cause that we all came around and supported. And I'm so proud that everybody of everybody that did anything on the telethon or anything at all with the midterms, just trying to make sure people voted and let the one thing that has not yet been tainted is our one voice, our one time every two years when we get to go out there and make a choice and vote for our representatives who are going to lead us because private corporations, you can't choose the board, but you do choose the leaders of our country at least. And Russia can try to infiltrate it, but we can fight back by more of us voting and more of us voting. They don't have hundreds of millions of bots, at least not yet, thank God. And when more of us vote, more of us get the country that we want. And by the way, you can go to telethonforamerica.com to read more about the event, see a ton more information, and watch the whole show there. The Ellen video is for sure embedded there because I realized I have a flawed version embedded on my page, but I'm going to try to post and pin a tweet that has the better version by tomorrow. En route to Cabo, motherfuckers! Yes! I need a vacation so badly. I'm going to be on the beach drunk for an entire week. Or five days. Four days. till I have to fly back. Basically, just not that long. But it's going to be great. Anyway... Thank you all. I apologize again for my absence. And uh, now we will go to the crux of this episode, which is a brand new We the People we just did with an amazing lineup, a very funny one and very interesting and thought-provoking at the Hollywood Improv Lab that we do every month with Ken Gar, our founding father in the back, with Michael Malone, one of the founders of the show on the panel on the left, with Ida Rodriguez, who I mentioned earlier from the upcoming episode that you'll be hearing from Politicon. Ida came in and did our lab episode uh, that you're about to hear. And on the right, we had Irina Skaya again, the very funny and uh, some extreme opinion, uh, <laughs> extreme opinions that she certainly espouses uh, on the right. Great comedian, though, and a sweet person. And um, also on the right, we had... Adam Yenser, who is a writer for Ellen, um, and you've seen on Conan. And again, Ellen's YouTube channel, EllenTube, that all also live-streamed our telethon. Amazing partners we made in such a short time. I'm really just so thankful to everybody. So without any further ado, here is We the People from the Hollywood Improv Lab. And I'll talk to you guys in a week. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming out. How are y'all doing so far today? You doing good? Thank y'all for coming out. Um, we're going to do a quick monologue. And by we, I mean me. And then panel comes out. We used to have a teleprompter system that didn't work great. And so what we're doing now is we're doing eight-point font on cards. So it's going to be a lot smoother. So get ready. We're going to be blown away by these jokes. Every congressional seat in Orange County went blue after late mail-in ballots favored Democrats. This happened because Republicans are disproportionately older homeowners who send ballots in early, while Democrats disproportionately wake up at noon on Election Day, find their ballots on the floor of the Honda Civic, and accidentally put them in a red box. <laughs> in Florida, the elections weren't called for days, and there was again criticism that poorly designed ballots cost candidates thousands of votes. Blame fell on the organization overseeing the elections being in Florida. 
because people are getting finally tired of Florida jokes. I appreciate that. <laughs> Jim Acosta was kicked out and then reinstated to the White House press pool. As an American, I sympathize with Jim, who is obviously because a free press is the cornerstone of our democracy. But as a host who has struggled to get a mic from someone who won't shut the fuck up, it's more nuanced. <laughs> there was a disaster in California, we all know that. And before Trump arrived in the state, he was also on fire. <laughs> I just winked at you, sir. I'm sorry. Firefighters in California are worried that predicted rainstorms tomorrow could make their job harder, proving everything I've ever known about fire was a lie. <laughs> Trump was criticized for blaming California's wildfires on its forest management, saying Finland didn't have this problem. Finland couldn't be reached for comment as it was covered in snow. <laughs> Californians were furious with the president, saying there was nothing they could have done to prevent fire from hitting their tree houses, hammocks, and isolated log cabins nestled up scenic pine needle covered one lane roads in a county that literally has a fire season. This week, Congressperson-elect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez published a video where she stated the three chambers of government were the Senate, the House, and the Presidency. To which the President replied, Everybody knows that it's the three branches of government, Space Force, Fake News, and Twitter. <laughs> so I'm glad we cleared that up. Are y'all ready to begin the show, Meet Our Americans? Let's do it. It's American meeting time, I guarantee you that. Let me move my drink out of the way first so it doesn't ruin everybody. Our first panelist has been seen on Showtime, Fox, Comedy Central, and was the winner of the Seattle International Comedy Contest. On the left, please welcome Michael Malone. Yes. Michael Malone, welcome. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Fresh haircut, huh? Uh, yes, thank you. Just yesterday. Just for this. You're going to keep that haircut younger than me the rest of our lives. <laughs> I'm going to try. Do you ever think you're a little too old for a haircut that's shaved on the sides like you're Justin Bieber? You know, this is LA. you got to be forever young here. Look at the way I'm dressed. I, I'm dressed like a 22-year-old. You have to point. do that here. you got red, Nikes, and green socks. What are you talking about? That's true. I've had food poisoning all day. It's because of sheer laziness. <laughs> Our next guest appeared on Last Comic Standing, appears regularly on Young Turks, has her own radio show, Truth Serum, on Dash Radio, and recently got a standing ovation doing We the People at Politicon just three weeks ago. Ida Rodriguez, everybody! I gotta stand for Ida. Ida, say hello to the good people. What's up, good people? Oh, suck my dick. That was great. That bullshit. You guys were real bullying there. <laughs> on the right, our next guest is a writer on The Ellen Show and has appeared on The Conan O'Brien Show. Please give it up for Adam Yenser, everybody. Yay! Thank you, guys. What's up, buddy? Thanks, man. Yay. Say hello on the mic so people hello. can hear your voice. There it is. It's very clear. And finally, our next panelist, a regularly, regular also on We The People, an actress and comedian has appeared in Brooklyn Nine-Nine in the film Getaway on Netflix. Please welcome Irina Skaya, everybody. Welcome to the show, darling. I had to stand for you because I knew that you would get pissed if I didn't also say <laughs> You're very welcome. Great to have you all here. Thank you for being here. Uh, how's y'all's month been? 
That's the good. That's oh, good. good. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody answered that. <laughs> was that you, that question wasn't on the script? No, you don't know how to put it down. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> it was the y'alls that threw me off. The y'alls. How's y'alls? <laughs> like, where I, have you been? I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah, I love that you dressed up tonight. Yep. <laughs> well, I wanted to dress like Adam, but you yep. coordinated. We did. We called Adam. <laughs> Listen, divorced I, dads, I love it. Yeah, look, I figured I'm going to try to stop coming off like a liberal elite. I wanted to dress and talk with y'alls like somebody on the, on the, <laughs> the middle of the country and see if I can bridge the gap. Well, y'all still a Jew, so. <laughs> Thank you so much, Russian. Appreciate you having here infiltrating our country. We always start with something we can all agree on, hopefully, to ease into the more contentious topics. We're going to begin with one right now, and it rarely works because Irina's here. But can we all agree that we have disaster fatigue, and it would be really nice if the next mass shooters, wildfires, and hurricanes could just give us like a month off? Maybe maybe hit us up again January. Yeah. We all agree. Uh, yeah, yeah except right. except that you want them to hit us in January. <laughs> I think there's going to be enough chaos during the holidays they going back home to see your families and stuff like that. Like I think we do need that kind yeah. of break. Strong point. Uh, I strong think point. If they locked up white boys for the next couple of months. We see, we make it divisive right away. <laughs> we try to agree, and then it's, oh, let's bring race and identity people. politics. In. No, no, not white people, white boys. White boys, fair enough. Oh, oh, my mistake. <laughs> You're the enemy, Yes, yeah, just me. I never know how to feel about the white boy lump because I'm a white boy, but also I'm Jewish. I don't think it really counts as white boy. Do you think Jew, like Jewish and white are different? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we're one of the. We're I'm learning. The, I'm learning. We're one of the minorities. Do you, that's being, do you think they're not? Being a, I don't know. I'm Jewish. Yeah, I think there's white. a lot of overlap. I'm a white boy, and there's I don't. Overlap. I don't. You're know a white where. boy. Yeah. yeah. I identify how I want. Yeah. And don't you decide my gender for me? <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they're different. In Russia, actually, you are considered if you're Jewish, you're not white. You're Jewish. You know, it's its own mm-hmm. ethnicity. So I don't know. It's interesting. So, yeah, I find that interesting. Everybody's white. <laughs> True. Did you say beautiful? I heard beautiful. <laughs> oh, I think I, I, I know some beautiful Russian people. Yeah, I think you're can, beautiful. You can <laughs> buy them for so cheap, too. Just, just, <laughs> just because they come in shipping containers does not mean... I mean, some of them are pricey. It's a good point. Let's stand up for your people. We cool? With Democrats winning back the House, Mitch McConnell, the guy whose fate seems to be sliding off his skull like a melting glacier, is asking for bipartisanship now. Is now the time for bipartisanship, or should the Dems stick it to them? Panel, <laughs> hit me. Uh, you know, I, I keep going back to the Michelle Obama when they go uh, low, we go high thing, but it's getting really, really hard to keep doing that, and it's it, because of all of the ridiculousness that's been happening, and because they keep laughing in our faces when they do get away with stuff, like the Mitch McConnell is always, he's always got that grin, like, oh man, we're, we're fucking you again, you know what I mean? And so it's getting harder and harder to be like, okay, let's take the high road on this. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling more and more like, fuck it, burn it all down. Oh my god, I, w- I just said that in the car too. I said, fuck it, burn it all down. Burn it all down. I think you guys are falling. We already agreed on this one. Beautiful. Burn it all down. Fuck but you know what? I think that um, coming from the, the point of view of people who actually give a shit about the people, because I think that That's not you know, politics has gotten so. Uh, it's become. So entertainment, so much entertainment that when you think about burning it, burning the house down, I think that the manipulation of of politicians, of the people has become so excessive and we've turned into these cults. 
that we probably need to burn the shit down because the, the average man, people who have to go make towels for a living, they can't relate to these rich people telling them this is whether they're on the view or on the Senate floor. It's just this elitist mentality and telling the average man who has to go to work every day. This is how you should be living your life. And I think people are tired of that shit. And that's why we have the chaos that we have, because I think the average person is awake and they're like, fuck this. We don't want to participate in this bullshit anymore. Yeah, but most of those woke people should go the fuck back to sleep. I mean, they don't, they don't know what they're talking about either. They, the poor are also telling people how to live. So I, I think everyone's telling everybody. No, they're just telling you, poor. hey, we, we have a right to live too. I don't think right. the but poor do have a, they? they don't have a microphone. <laughs> where are the, where are the poor telling people how to live? I know, they don't have a microphone. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, they can't see. afford a microphone. <laughs> Who's mobile doesn't have Twitter? You can't get Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us laughing at the poor. <laughs> I also, consider myself poor. Yeah. It's hard in America too because we live in we live in a country that's founded on this division already. I mean, the first questions you ask somebody is like, who, "Who's your team?" You know what I mean? Like, we are such a sports-driven, such a competitive uh, country that it is hard to uh, separate that when it does come to politics and look at everybody as. Uh, you know, with without a party affiliation, just look at them as human because we we do focus so much on what side are you on, who are you with, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Why do we? Go ahead. I think you'd always like to see bipartisanship on some issues, but I think both sides do it. I disagree that Democrats ever went high when Republicans went low. I think there was a lot of low points from Democrats for the past ten years as well. But you don't I, think ever? You don't that? think Democrats ever went high? How about I think sometimes I think sometimes both sides do try to reach bipartisan agreements. But I don't think it's one side. It's it's always presented on this show like Democrats are the good guys and Republicans are just the bad no, guys. No, no, no. I'm I'm totally true. in the middle. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I, I think we'd all like to see bipartisanship, but then you know, I think the crowd tonight shows how many people are interested in bipartisan discussions. Yeah. Do you generally not? That's funny. Do you? <laughs> we pull up Ben Gwynn's tweets real quick. Yes, it's totally in the yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you genuinely think that both sides are equally go low? That both sides equally play dirty with trying to get their legislations? Their uh, legislation through? Yeah, I think at different points in time and different points in history. But yeah, I think they do. So do you think that they should no longer do that? They should stick to this game of each trying to get their shit through when they're in power and fuck the other guy? No, I don't think they should stick to that, but I think they probably will. For me, it's, it's, the, it's the repercussions. There's been no repercussions for any of Trump's actions so far at all on either side. For, what for repercussions the... could be for being amazing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> my, Russian, my Russian vocabulary. Let me show you how down the middle I am. Great point, Irina. <laughs> <laughs> I <think> he's amazing. <laughs> he's the best and has the best words. He's he he the best businessman ever. And, uh, <laughs> it's, really but I, it's, it's the repercussions on, on both sides. The Republicans aren't standing up when things are wrong. And the Democrats... Uh, have, have been standing up and have not 
got any progress through on getting anything stopped. Or... You don't think there's hypocrisy with the Democrats, though? No, no, a little bit. Oh, I'm not, little saying, oh I'm not saying that the, 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 the Democrats are perfect in any way. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying the repercussions for Trump's actions this far into the presidency. It's just like every week, every day, you, you wake up and you go, what the fuck, it got worse? And then no, there's just nothing. There's just no, he just gets away with it. And so... The idea of now that the Democrats have the House back, the idea of like continuing to let him just get away with it, get away with it, get away with it. But you keep saying get away with it. What's it? What do you think? Oh, God, I mean, all the stuff that thing. he does that is offensive to the Democratic uh, Party and the Republican Party. Any specifics? Party. He, yeah, I mean, you can just I mean, pull up Twitter right now and just yeah, type, it, type it, in. Uh, okay, Trump. so you're talking about mean words. Yeah, you know, the mean words. Yeah, yeah, not mean words. Yeah, and, and, you know, just being tone deaf. But listen, this, this yes. is making the assumption that all Republicans support Donald Trump because I think what Donald Trump has done to the Republican Party is very interesting because yeah. there is a big old group of Republicans who are not Trump supporters, yeah, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. So yes. just to Never put them Trumpers. all in one... You know, and, and I'm very careful about those words because I think that I sit with a lot of people who are who we just had this discussion when they automatically hear Republican, they'll say, oh, racist or they'll say and Which I, they are right when it comes to me. I just want to be but clear. just you, just you. Just me, just and um, you don't matter. So, <laughs> so say, you know, you don't have a, you know, you're not pressing. And I don't say that, that you don't matter as a human being, right. but it's not like you're making decisions that keep black people right. from getting housing. Plus, you don't know are, who plus, I've been plus, dating. Plus, <laughs> as a nation, we're moments away from shipping you back, Irina. <laughs> I know. Did we keep the receipt? I got the receipt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fight. Did not do any of the stuff the brochure said, by the way. So <laughs> I'm ready to ship that back. But and I will say this: No, I don't think the Democrats have always been the right. most. As a person of color, and I know people, white people, are tired of hearing POC, WOC. As a woman who fights for agency of my over my own body, I think that we are always a currency in this conversation between the right and the left and people of color are a pawn in the game who are always being used and they don't really like you and we don't really they don't love you and the democrats are going to save you and the democrats want you to be on welfare it is also very offensive to from both sides so when people say that only the republicans are the ones who are insulting, you know, people of color. Nobody insults people of color more than liberal mentality who yeah. thinks they're saving people victims, of color and yeah, are incapable victims, of saving yeah. themselves. And, and, I, and, I, and, and I don't mean that to offend anybody, but I just think that it's something that when you start watching, Cory Booker took money just like everybody else. Right. You know right. what I mean? I don't think that sitting here and demonizing one side, I think that we need to have a reform across the board. It's so just... So where yeah, do you man. suggest that line is? Where do you think that line could be between helping people in need but not acting like you're saving the people that need help? Well, I mean, you got to acknowledge first that there is uh, imbalance because when it comes to I'm Latina, but as when you look at black people and you and you think of 400 years of slavery and you think about asking people to run a race that they will never be equipped to run because it's been so imbalanced for so long. And you say, catch up, you know, you tie somebody's leg behind their back and say everybody else has had a, 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 a head start and you say, catch up. It's not fair. There is there are certain things that need to be in place for people of color and marginalized groups to be able to catch up. They can't just catch up because the pull yourself up by the bootstraps doesn't work with people who don't have boots. 
So I, I just think that we need to have honest conversations, but we have to have them everywhere to but, to put the onus on the Republican Party. Right. For me, it, and I know people are like, that's not what I thought this bitch was going to say. <laughs> you know, but I think it's just it's gotten to the point where we've become the Red Sox and the Yankees yeah. and the people who are suffering. I mean, Ohio is they just introduced a bill that is going to that proposing that women get the death penalty if they get an abortion yeah, like so thank that, god for that, that. i mean that's you who believes no, in god. god but i'm saying a lot of people don't <laughs> believe in god in your, even, even. yeah no i know and I, but i'm just, what i'm saying I, is i it, agree with what you say though yeah. both sides it's yeah. not uh, right. just saying one side or the other it, it won't get but your way. side is winning with the bullshit thank you so much thank you. I, I, I think it goes back I mean, down. I'm talking like bipartisan, like procedurally. I mean, the Democrats in 2013 were the first that introduced the nuclear option, and then that came back and bit them in the ass. Now, when it comes to like other issues that we sort of like freak out about, like the idea of like going low. I mean, like, like, like there was um, like, like in in the case of like the press, for instance, like Obama got in trouble during his administration, where people criticized him for wiretapping and uh, monitoring Fox News reporters, and then you know getting warrants for the Associated Press reporters. The New York Times wrote a op-ed saying, you know, that he was threatening freedom of the press. Now, Trump is doing the same thing, but you see that on both sides. He's not they the both same thing. He's, 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 he's threatening us. I'm, I'm acknowledging... I, well, I'm acknowledging that he is threatening freedom of the press. It's in a different way. Okay. But they've okay. both, but they've both but they done both that in their own way when it, when it came to those sorts of issues. I mean, when it comes to sort of, like, nasty rhetoric, I mean, Obama didn't do that himself the way Trump does, but there were certainly people on the left who for years were saying nasty things about Republicans. Like, people like Dan Savage would go and say, you know, Republicans should all be fucking dead and all this stuff over and over again. And then was, you know, invited to the White House and made the face of the anti-bullying campaign. And then I think it's low in, even in, I know you will all agree with this, but I mean, I think it was low for Democrats to try to convict Brett Kavanaugh of rape without a trial and then ruin his career over some unproven allegation. But I think, I think that it was unfair not to do a fair trial. Yeah, and exactly. I think that we also... Or to sign a fair investigation. We, yeah. A fair investigation. Yeah. And also, just, we keep uh, demonizing the woman for coming forward about her abuse. And she was never... Her life is going to forever be damaged. I don't think we should demonize her either. I, I know. Well, I, I appreciate that. But I want to be able to demonize somebody. Should we demonize that to all agree on? To your point, what's uh, savage, though, no matter what he did, like he wasn't the president. Like People keep forgetting that Donald yeah. Trump is in the highest office of the land. He is the but he is America. He's the face of America on a world scale. You don't think so he's standing up for for all Republicans now? And Donald Trump? Yeah. I mean, not Donald Trump. I know a lot of Republicans that do not agree I don't mean them. all. I just mean the, the ones that do support him or the ones that feel like they're being called racist or sexist. Or he's I think he is no longer even dog whistling. I think he's yelling from the mountaintops, his yeah. message, and he's bringing people yelling out of the woodwork. Yelling what? This, this, that it's okay to be racist. That no, it's okay. Where are you being you're like reading all these where, things. where though I don't know he calls fat women fat which you know <laughs> come on uh not, no? okay. yeah, he's the president of the United States. He should not be doing that. But, but, also, <laughs> that, but also, hold on. The, the Kardashians are a royal family. Every no, country is the president and deserves. They're a disgrace. They're a reality. Yeah. Again, like you, he's a no, reality they, TV no, star. That I agree with you. They are. The Kardashians are the royal family of our country. They are. And we get the president we deserve. That's what I said long before yeah. Trump won. That's why I thought he had a, viable, a very good chance to win and would likely win was because... 
he exactly reflects yeah. how the country is seen by a lot of the world and not the flowery language that we pretend to be every time we elect a president who's then going to put a cover over a lot of but, action. Yeah, I've heard Donald Trump said that uh, it, some, some of them are good people, I suppose, when he called the Mexicans immigrants. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Central Park Five, the real estate <laughs> stuff. It's not made up shit. But the thing is that I think is funny is... Listen, I'm no Donald Trump fan, and I'm not a, a fan of a lot of people who are Democrats. I am a fan of the American people, and I hope that they get what they deserve and not this bullshit that we have right now. But let, to, to compare Obama to Donald Trump when we all know the double, double standard that Obama had to face, and Obama could never ever as a black man in America do any of the bullshit that Donald Trump he has to be a boy scout and or because yeah. and that is the I, god honest but, truth Obama has never been able to do he if he had three children from three different women they would call them baby mamas they would I not guess, oh yeah. he For would sure. never be able to but, do but I guess there did say I, I don't think Obama himself uses the same language no I know you did say I that. do think Trump generally though is I, I can't speak to what his motivation is for the things he says. I think the reason you see people who su support him, who otherwise you think would be turned off by that rhetoric, is because he is very reactionary to the sort of hatred that conservatives felt from the left for the past eight years. It wasn't coming from Obama, but I mean, we ran moderates like McCain and Mitt Romney, and they were called racist and sexist and homophobes, and these, these guys who were pretty moderate people. But you guys really were all the racists. I still <laughs> it's like a guy who cheats on his wife because his wife's like, where you been? He's like, well, I better start cheating on my wife. She thinks I'm cheating no, on her already. No, but McCain was the one who was anti the Martin Luther King holiday, so people were calling him a racist long before he ran for president. But it was never in terms of discussion. It was always they would launch those labels at Republicans. And even when you went on social media and stuff, like, like an example that I always remember is when Antonin Scalia passed away. Yeah. Uh, my liberal friends just celebrated his death, just right. gloated over it. We saw that sort of hatred constantly for eight years, and while Obama was a figurehead who spoke well for the Democratic Party and who presented, you know, a very good image, and I think he's a genuinely decent man, I think there was, within liberalism, this sort of unchecked spewing of hatred, whether it was through late-night shows or on social media or whatever it was, where conservatives are just constantly made a punching bag of vitriol. Yes. And then when they saw Trump go on and go, go, no, you're going to get locked up. No, you're a racist. No, you know, F you. No, that's you. No, you shut up. Grab Everybody by the was point. like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that he's throwing it back in their faces. Kind of. do you, so, so do you prefer nice language, but then devious actions? No, 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 no. Prefer... It's not the language. He could say fuck. He could say whatever he wants, like, in that realm. Like, like Beto said fuck the other day. I was like, this guy gets it. You know what I mean? But, like... Yes, Beto's the one who gets it. But he's it, not... Yeah. But he's not saying that all Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers. But he didn't he's say all. No, he's say asking, he yeah. asking specifically, do you prefer actions over words? I, I prefer a president who behaves like a president. Yeah. I don't believe that being vulgar is effective and it makes people say, that guy... Being of not vulgar, but being offensive, purposely offensive, is insulting his own base. The fact that you think yeah. that you have but, to go around saying uh, shit that is offensive, racist, racist, disrespectful, and sexist is insulting the people who support you because you think that they are like that, and we, that is I, not. I, that I, that I agree with you that, that as a tactic, it's not a great tactic. But I think what the right often says that that the left doesn't want to answer is that. They acknowledge the point that Trump says a lot of stupid stuff and right. phrases things mm -hmm. inartfully and even 
they'll, I would think a lot of people will, will acknowledge he even says some things that are probably dog-whistling to racists and all these things, but they have legitimate criticisms with the actions of Obama, and the, and the left doesn't want to answer that. The actions of killing yes. people with drones in yeah. a way that had never oh, been done yeah. before, the yes. actions of deporting yeah. more yeah, Mexicans and more immigrants yeah. from all over Latin America than anybody yeah. before him had done. So they're saying the actions are just as bad in some ways, but then people keep saying, but Trump's rude. Yeah, but what's the the actions, I, agree. I completely agree with you. It's yeah. I agree with that. that but I think that the, 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 the problem is that we, we, when it comes to Hillary Clinton, who I'm not a fan of, and Barack Obama, they're held to a higher standard because they are... They belong to marginalized groups. I get tired of hear, hearing people say, but Obama, let me finish and then I'll let you talk. Okay. I, get, I get really tired of people saying, Obama did this and Hillary did that as if they're not politicians like the rest of them. And it's like Obama is supposed to have, be a savior and he's supposed to be better. He's a fucking politician and just as negotiable as all of them. So why is he, why, this, why is it, but Obama did this? He did everything that everybody else did. He is nothing. He is not a savior. He didn't come to save the black people. He's not one of us. He doesn't hang out. He's a fucking rich man that hangs out with Jay-Z and Beyonce. He's a politician like the rest of us. Why are we always hearing about, but Obama did this as if Obama is Jesus? We ca- we're calling him out the way we're calling everyone out. That's yep. all we're saying. It's different Just, when they call him out. And why? Hillary, why? She's cold. Hillary's cold. She's, she's corrupt. She I, they're all fucking she, okay, corrupt. Come on, but she's about as nurturing as a terrorist. It doesn't matter. Neither was George Bush Senior, and, and she because she has a yeah. vagina, and she has too. to be a warm grandma. No, no, she's a fucking politician, yeah. and she's swimming she's with sharks. And she's got to be just as nasty as the rest of the most qualified person to run for president, probably yeah. ever. Oh, and I think like, like, yeah. 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 so. Yeah, she's a bitch from House of Cards. That's great. So since we have to move on and find a solution, we all agree clearly that we should just keep going low on both sides. Yes. The background, our founding father chimes in sometimes um, with comments like that one. And then, um, also, you guys always forget to mention this up, up top because I'm not professional as I'd like to think I am, but there will be questions at the end, questions and comments from the audience, so please get them ready in your head, and then we will do that during the last few minutes of the show. Our next topic, press the issue. Last week, Jim Acosta of CNN upset his eminence, the Supreme Leader Donald Trump, <laughs> after a heated exchange in which the White, a White House intern tried grabbing a microphone from the veteran journalist, which got him kicked out of the press pool. CNN sued, and grab your seats, folks. Fox News joined the suit on CNN's side against the White House. Then a court decided that, indeed, his press pass had to be reinstated, to which the Trump administration said, okay, cool, and then a couple of days later, it said, like, but we're taking it away in two weeks. So did Trump overstep, or does he have a right to kick out journalists that can be real jerks sometimes? I th- I don't think he should have kicked him out, but I think they were both being jerks. <laughs> I think they were just it was just two guys in a pissing contest. Yeah. Basically. But he wasn't asking questions. He never does. He he always gets there with an agenda. It's not a question. Yeah. It's a statement, and it's four or five statements. And if you disagree with it. Then you're a piece of shit. It's a loaded They're, question. Yeah, it's, it's a loaded say, yeah. question. It always is. It and doesn't matter. Course, it's his right as press yeah. to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's the president's and, right to say, get the fuck out of here. No, it's not. No, it's yes, not. it is. No, it's not. Yes. Oh, and that's he's why the court said no. People. It's not. He's but absolutely people. it is. I mean, and no. many presidents before. I mean, your country, maybe, but not in America. Okay, all right. That's racist. That's not racist. That's 
just like you know be, they get they no, end they're, up in dumpsters and they end up dead. No, if that will cost. If you not cost, right. oh get it. And if we cost a cost, if you cost a woman, not a cost, but if you. Touch a woman, push her. He didn't touch anybody. Me too. He, he, didn't, touch her. he, didn't. Uh, he didn't touch her. He did touch her. He did touch her. He did touch her, but it wasn't it wasn't he the did. way that they sped yeah. up the video. Kellyanne Conway yeah. admitted. To I, I agree. Up I agree. But yeah. minus the speeding up of the video, he did touch her. Don't touch anybody. And also four, or five, six questions. Don't touch anybody. They said you're done. Hand it over. You don't get to tell it's, them it's what the they do. That is their job. They're there on behalf of us. No, the president. That they don't know. They are on behalf. They're on behalf of us. They're supposed to ask the questions that make them uncomfortable. They've done. They did it to Obama. They did it to Bush. They continue to do it because that is their job. But they're not and if it makes them uncomfortable. That's okay. He can, he's a big boy. It, he is yes. not. It ends in questions. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. Trump is a big boy and Jim isn't. So when he can grow up and sit at the big boy's I mean, table, he'll be. I'm not on the Jim Acosta like fan team, fan club. So it's not like I'm taking offense to it because I Look, think all those motherfuckers are full of shit. I'm the but, president of his fan club, and I would like to say <laughs> that if you write to him during this hard time, for him, he will send you a signed postcard. <laughs> Okay, Ben, do you, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk to you like you're one of us, but do you agree that he is, uh, he comes there with an agenda, it's the Jim Acosta show, it's not about the story, it's not about the questions, it's about Jim, it's Jim, it's it's almost no, like these reporters agree. now are the story and not I, and I don't agree. I think that's how you report I, things, I think you go there with an agenda in mind to go, the okay, only yeah, really? Really? They're not you're delivering when you're asking questions. I think it's fair to ask yeah. hard questions. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, present I, I, do think, I do think sometimes they, they sort of try to drive their agenda home over and over again. And he was sort of dwelling on the same question. Because they wanted and an continually answer. asking it. Now, here's, here's a, a sort of question that I have generally. Now, I, like I said, I don't think he should have been banned necessarily. I think they're both being jerks. But he didn't ban CNN. He banned like a specific right. reporter, yeah. which I think is a little bit different. Yeah, that is a when great you are idea. still bringing in... That that 50. press organization. Yeah, week that, that he called April Ryan a loser. He told the other woman her question was stupid. It was. It was, it was all was. during the week where he was. was really anybody who was disagree. And I am not here yeah. on behalf of none of the, any right. of them. Right. But anybody who makes him feel uncomfortable is like. You, I'm getting my toys and I'm going home. You can't play anymore. Yeah, you, and that that you can't do that with the press. Not in the United States of America. There is they have a right to ask the tough questions. Well, he does. And no, he, he, he but he didn't ask any questions. Mike, do, you, do you remember why? He Mike's trying to say something. You're, you're talking about Trump earlier being a big boy and all this stuff, and Jim Acosta is not. When when they kept pressing the issue, and when anybody presses hard questions against Donald Trump, he literally walks away from the microphone and he goes. <laughs> like a fucking lion. Yeah, and then he'll go to walk away, and they go, no, 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 no. And he'll go, but don't you love that? I move? love it. I love that. He's like, it's great television. Great television. He's stalking them like they're prey. I love it. I don't, oh I don't understand where. I don't understand where that line lies because obviously it is freedom of the press is such an important part of our country. It's the fourth estate and it's the fourth branch that really yeah. holds our government to account. But at the same time, the White House is able to decide even what press outlets have access. Yes, right? Like they, they added, like, like Obama's the first one that added like digital outlets, and then and, Trump added, I think, probably like a bunch of like 
Alex Jonesy type people. And that's that's sort of yeah. what I was wondering in, in terms of like I don't necessarily think Acosta completely crossed that line. I think it was being a little obnoxious. Mm-hmm. But right. when you say like does he not have a right to ban reporters? I he think does. there is a line where you know someone could potentially become so obnoxious has, and disruptive yes. where oh, yeah. they, have they, 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 they have that option. They have that option. We have a system of we have a system of checks and balances, yeah. and then there are courts that will hold you accountable mm-hmm. when you make those decisions because you think that you're running the apprentice, right. which is. And happens. you can't run the that, and Which that is, is what yeah, I'm and exactly that's what I'm saying. And they decided and, and, that he can't ban them. And no, I, but I, I'm not yeah. gonna rock with you on trying to say that Jim Acosta had a Me Too moment with no, 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 I don't think he, I don't think he assaulted her. I'm not okay. saying that. And right. it wasn't, you know, sometimes a late touch is right what you need, you know what I mean? Yeah, hashtag why not Me Too? I get it. It's a very lonely world out there. I, I, why did he touch her at all? She was just doing her job. I mean, touching now is not No, no, I'm just wondering why he didn't just say, here's the mic. Why is he, he was a little physical. Why? Because she wasn't supposed to take, he wasn't giving up the mic. Okay, my question is, what are the rules then? Wasn't supposed to, isn't allowed to. If you would have done that, do you think it would have been a big issue? If you would have been like, no, I'm keeping the mic, I'm asking my question. Because in that moment, you think it would have been an issue? Yeah, no. There would have been no video with you assaulting a a, a reporter. It's not assault. And I don't think think he assaulted her. And I I haven't heard, if someone says assault, that's pretty physical with her. His dispute with Trump and the intern comes over. He was a little too physical and like aggressive with her, I thought. Yeah. But it's not me too. I, it's not a salt. But just give the mic. You know, put the mic down. Like give the mic up at some point. There's yeah. a lot of reporters there. Yeah. He, he kept yeah. acting like it was one on one. Like right. I mean, the mic was the held off. It became childish. I think the bigger issue comes in hand where he, Trump is is continually trying to make the press the enemy of the people. And to your point earlier, like. They work for us. They ask the hard questions for us, the American people. That's why they're there. And so he keeps turning them, he keeps trying to say that they are the enemy of the people, that they are bad people, that they are this and that, fake news and this and that. And we saw even a few months ago how that has, again, dog whistled into uh, sending bombs to people uh, that are in the other parties. No, what's the, the correlation? The shooting at the at what's the, the, at the what's place the in the Boston that they shot what's up the, the what's the one what's the correlation? Yeah, yeah. They the wrote, I don't think that's the highest office of the land telling you that this is a bad guy. These are bad people. These are it bad was Trump's people. exact enemies. Yes, they got those bombs. They are not. I that is directly Trump. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. How do you know? Because there's lunatics out there on both sides who take what someone says and then they when was the person during Obama doing the guy that shot up the guy that shot up the Family Research Council in Washington D.C. inspired by the Southern Poverty. Law Center and uh, what's his name, Christopher Dorner in California, yep. who said he loves Obama and Michelle Obama and all these liberal and celebrities, the and then fan killed a bunch of Okay, good point. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not Trump's fault. It's the crazy point. people. I don't like, think. I don't think it's Trump's fault, but I think he needs to be accountable for what he what he says, and he's not accountable for what he says. So which is why he keeps going further and further. I grant you that those are two examples of people that did stuff under the name of Obama. Yeah. But there's no an instance of the president encouraging that, right. of demonizing there that. Is. And the president currently literally says things like, enemy of the people, says, I if, wish if we could beat them, them up. I'll, yeah, I wish we could I'll beat them up. I'll pay your legal bills. Uh, you go ahead. I wish we could, we, we could kick that son of a bitch out of there. I wish we could. No. I mean, just such 
constant, childish, heated rhetoric that is more... Would you not concede that's more likely... Oh, you mean like Cory Booker and Maxine Waters? When he he sees someone walk up to them and and argue with them? Yeah, but she didn't say anything about beating people up. He was like... He he could be roughed up. Maxine Waters was like... Debate them. Do you know what? She never said debate them. No, there's a thing about... Listen, she didn't say attack anybody, but, and I still don't think it's okay, I think Sarah Huckabee should get her meal, you know, and I don't like the bitch, because I think she's a fucking liar, but I don't think her family should be harassed, I don't think they should go to Tucker Carlson's house, I'm not an animal, but what I'm saying is, you gotta hold Donald Trump accountable, especially if you are a fan and supporter, you should be holding him more accountable than we, okay, what do you mean by accountable? By every single thing that we've talked about, you're like, give us an example, yeah, Motherfucker, we see the example every day uh, on the uh, But you still haven't given me one. Enemy of the people. Enemy the of people. Did he not one denounce? Did he not denounce that though? Did he after the fact? So what, how can you fact. denounce it before? There are good people on both sides. <laughs> Come on. If stop. you say somebody is an enemy of the people, yes. that sounds like they are an enemy combatant. That sounds. That, I that's think they using, are. They lie. Like, just like, straight well, up lie. They all lie. Fox News when they are on his side are not the enemy of just, the people. And they, that is where the That's just like when Obama was president, he discredited Fox News over and over again, called them destructive. His administration, not him, they, they, are said, they're, destructive. they said they're not a li- like CNN. So we can't call them enemy of the people, we can't call them destructive. Can I, it's just based on who you disagree with. Now, I would where I would draw a nuance here is I disagree with President Trump. I would say he should not use things like the press is the enemy of the people. Whenever he says anything violent, I would condemn that. The calling them fake news, I think sometimes he legitimately calls them out on being fake news, at least in their narrative and in the way they spin things. I don't disagree yeah. with that. Yeah. But I don't disagree with you, but when, when Fox is putting out fake news, he doesn't say yeah, that doesn't they're say fake it. news. Never. When, yeah, but Obama didn't call out CNN. When that bomb happened a few yeah. weeks ago, and the van was covered in Trump supporting bumper stickers and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. Fox News literally... They, they were the only people, they did this, they literally blurred out the van so you couldn't see the Trump stickers. <laughs> but Michael, you're talking about it as if it didn't happen before. That is if, dictatorship propaganda. That's, that's not... That's fucking no, Irina, I Irina. come from a dictatorship that's, that's not a Irina, do you not see a difference? Did you say Nazi? I'm sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you not see a difference between Obama saying... Look, I think when uh, Fox News uh, <laughs> uh, presents things in a certain way, it's uh, not it's really helpful good. and it's, it's not really constructive uh, for the country. Do you think that's the same as saying they're the enemy of the people, they're scum, they're the worst possible, it's absolutely disgusting, they're scum, enemy of the people. You don't think there's a difference there in, in what's being said? I think there are crazy people on both sides. I'm asking, that's right. Yeah, no, 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 I... Calm down. Answer my question um, directly. I, I either grab that mic out of you. You guys have a real Trump do Acosta not, thing. Do you not threaten me with a good time, Ben. Uh, I think We've got that... a real Trump Acosta sexual tension going here. <laughs> Give me your mics. Give me your mics. No. Touch his arm, you guys. I think that uh, when... For example, when you when I hear enemy of the people, I don't think violence. I think do not trust them. So if you put those words in a crazy person's head, uh, if you put those words in a crazy person's head, yeah, sure he can hear. Uh, that's but that has nothing to do with Trump. Just like I think when Obama says 
they're destructive, and someone goes out there and says, I love Obama, and then shoots a senator, I don't think Obama's to blame. When you have crazy people, and they hear certain words, they I hear the word enemy of the people, and I think I just shouldn't trust them. So I just don't understand how you're connecting these two dots. He likes Trump, therefore it's like. I, what about when he tells them to hurt them? What when about was that? Oh, during his rallies, he well, said, "If you rub them up, I'll pay for it." For the for your legal fees. Sons of bitches, isn't it? Like, yes, he what did. About all Guys, that? keep in mind that uh, English is Irina's second language. So. <laughs> it's my third. I'm so sorry. And third my language. Third. Not okay. So what do you think about when he said that stuff? I, I actually, I have never seen that. If he did, I would disagree. No, no, I, and I've been to every rally. Uh, it's, the, it's the only way I come out. Uh, I, if, if you show me a video... It's the only I, way Trump comes, too. I will, um, I, I don't support that. I'll say that right now. I don't support that. But I, I haven't and seen you that. you see the so. difference, though. Right? Can, you would see the Destructive to me is also a very aggressive word. Can we all agree that that my impressions were pretty good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You as a black man was great. Thank you. So, as in his black voice, in the way of in the way of a solution on this, can we all agree that the president can revoke the press pass of whoever he wants? But then, if a court decides that he can't, he has to let him back in. Agreed. 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 Yeah, that's the American way. Yeah. Mike? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Mike, you're one of the producers of this show. Don't stop this. Can we all agree from being a full circle here? Yeah, I agree. I, I just think that it's disingenuous to say you support Trump and then be in denial about the things that his own party says. He is he, he is known for his problematic language. This now, addendum I, is problematic to me finding a solution to moving on. I'm like, wait a minute, no. I'm go on. I'm like, anybody else, I'm no other president on both sides has ever been this problematic. And to high five Ooh, him for saying, oh, he's just keeping it real. Is so it's so insulting to the people, not not us, the people who follow him. That is your that is your representative, and that is why people have this antagonistic view of Trump supporters because they think, oh, they're all ignorant, they're all angry, they're all racist. He feeds that because it services him, and I don't think that's okay. Just like the and way Obama creating, said it with the no, Obama no, ain't no, never no, said Obama is. Because he wasn't black enough. I never talked about race or gender, sex as much as I did when Obama was president. He Trump created that divide, and, and and Trump pushed no, it further. He, I he created like, that divide. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He, yes, he just brought he it to the attention. How, what through identity? Politics. Through identity politics. Yeah. I've never talked about what race are you, what gender, what. Uh, yeah, because the first time a black person right. was the president of the so United States. And instead of uniting people, instead of uniting people, he brought to light. He didn't unite the United States. What's mutual? That's the racism that you saw at all. Podcast rules. We got to take one more time. What? I know. We're almost home free there. What? What possibly? Why would they be mutually exclusive to say? We want to bring the country together as one and not fight each other and also to acknowledge and try to advance the causes of marginalized groups. Why are those anti-other? Sure, sure. You can help marginalized groups with policies that help everyone together. We should all want to move That's forward. That's not helping What if the other well, people don't need them? What's that? What if Sometimes the other people don't need them? You need, you need just Let policy. the Keebler elf finish. <laughs> Keebler elf. You look a little bit back here. Just a haircut. 
Oh my gosh. Ken, you're shorter than Adam is. I don't know what <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a height thing, it's the haircut. <laughs> what? I have a key the bald on. guy says it's the you're haircut. Really cool. I will really pull you over on the way home. Do not yeah. threaten me with Keebler, a good time, Ken. Keebler elf is a racial slur. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> No, what I, no, what I was gonna say is, I, I do think I do think it's fine to help marginalized groups. I think it's fine to and for uh, enact policies that help everyone and are fair to everyone. I do think that when Democrats and when specifically progressives speak about any issue, they do divide it very specifically along lines of identity for every issue. Example, every, it comes up with. As soon as we walked in, I yeah. said white boys. White boys. <laughs> white boys. Because that's it that Don Lemon told y'all the other day. But why does it matter <laughs> if he's white? Why not just uh, shit people? Because when black there. people do it, it becomes a headline immediately. And it is constant. And black people are a minority in this country. And there is a problem with young white males and their toxic masculinity who are causing you, harm. You don't think black society. males have toxic masculinity? Oh my God, I do. I absolutely do. But it is always brought to light. It is never ever brought to light when it comes the, the, the fact that you're offended by it. I'm not brought, no, 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 I don't get offended. I'm nothing no. offended. But the, the fact that listen, the nothing fact that we me. say everybody needs help is is so offensive to the people who really need help because there are groups of people who have been set up to win. So you think white people don't need help? I think a lot of white people need help. I, th I think a lot of white people in the middle of the country who are really believing that Donald Trump is coming to save them, who are struggling financially and think th think this is their last hope. Wait, I absolutely do think working those coal jobs, those coal mines that are closing down, because I actually have gone to them and I've heard people say, we thought he was going to help us. I absolutely think white people need help. I think poor people need help. But for the elite white people to say everybody needs help is unfair to those poor white people who actually need it. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I don't of think there are we, policies, generally we, we, speaking, other than like a tax cut that help everybody equally. You have to help certain groups at certain times. Hold on. What do you mean, of course I don't? I'm actually genuinely trying to understand. Listen. You're dismissing me. I okay. genuinely... Uh, oh, well, then I apologize because I'm not trying to be offensive to you. But what I'm saying is I have to hear this all the time. White, white people who are poor do not belong to the elite group, right? Yes. They only have the privilege of being white, but they still have the struggles of being poor. People ignore that all the time. It is very easy to say, oh, well, you're white. Well, there are a lot of white people who are on welfare, more white people on welfare than black people because they like to point out how many black people have abortions, how many black people are on welfare, and what more white people are on welfare, and more white people, what more white women have abortions. But, but regardless... I'm responsible for a lot of those abortions on both sides. <laughs> You're a successful comedian. No one would abort Because that. he's my friend. I was like, please don't say anything right now. I know you're a person. Ben's got a punch card. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Of Ben? Would I be of Ben? Yes, you that's would. A, that's a real a inside bit. Handmade tail joke? Yes, yes thank joke. you. Yeah, thank you God. would be of, of Ben. Of Ben. I, don't even know, I never watched the series, but I like what I'm hearing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not of the school of invalidating people's struggles because they don't look like mine. I hate when people say, oh, well, they're white. There are a lot of poor white people in this country who need help, right? But they are not, they're, they are not, with, when you say we all, everybody needs to get help evenly, no. Right. Well, how do you decide? So we all agree, hold on, so we all agree that poor white people need help the most, and then... <laughs> 
for poor people of color. I and we work our way down the list to keep her out. I think I think attractive <laughs> poor people. I hope that doesn't help. stick. <laughs> Wait, say what you said because I thought it was fun. <laughs> I think attractive poor people should be helped first. <laughs> um, but I, I think I the can, real I question. I think the real question here, Ben, is uh, where's the bartender? I need another um, wine a in a box. Free, I'll go. He went to his second job. <laughs> <laughs> Our last topic here, before we open it up for audience questions, please have questions and, and, and comments because I always fight for this segment and then people don't have questions and that's it. <laughs> On a text thread with Shannon and Ken and Mike, I have to say, trust me, sometimes it's good, so please have questions. Uh, last week, President Trump tweeted that California's misuse of funds is what caused the fire to spread so quickly, keeping in line with his trend of blaming the victim as he did after the catastrophe in Puerto Rico by Hurricane Maria last year, but at least with the fire, it seems there is maybe some merit to the thought that always voting for every environmental measure doesn't work well with nature. Like here, extreme forest protection doesn't allow for natural fires to occur, and then enormous wildfires eventually erupt. Liberals are often criticized for voting with what feels right, always following with their hearts, no matter the fiscal cost or long-term viability. And there's some validity to the fact that you can't always save everybody. So as voters, is it better to remove emotion from our voting decisions and base them solely on facts? I will say, very interesting, the wildlife, the, the fire protection agency did agree with Trump about uh, the fact that they couldn't uh, burn a lot of the land, you know, like they do in Australia and like they do in Thailand. They're, they wouldn't let them because of animals. They wouldn't do small control fires. Yeah, exactly. Thank prevent you. big control fires. Yes, thank yeah. you. So that is, that is true. Oh, and I don't think fire. that's a right-left issue. I don't understand why they won't let that happen. Frankly, maybe you guys can explain it to me. But uh, so I completely agree with that uh, about well, the part of why they don't let it happen is like Bill Clinton passed a rule to protect some kind of owl that was right. endangered, and the, so they wouldn't allow any fires. And so because Thank of that, you. alcohols arrive. For I actually haven't had a drink since earlier today, so this is hard for me. <laughs> I'm excited. For I would have sworn that was vodka, but it's not. <laughs> and um, and so I do agree it's that this. Do you guys think to some degree this this issue also? I'd like to answer the first question, but also like is this a little bit of just Trump Trump cried wolf that he just cries wolf about everything and deals with it so poorly that when he actually makes a good point, people are like he's still being a dick. Let's not listen to him. Well, I think it was the lack of empathy that set off the alarm. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't about necessarily like him talking about the funding of what's going on or like the proper way to care for forest fires or any of that stuff. It was the lack of empathy and the. But he didn't send thoughts and prayers like they oh, always so do. Yeah, he didn't yeah. say anything about like the people or the houses of people. Lost. I will revoke your funding right for one more fire. Because, if you guys don't start getting well, taking because, better care of this, I'm taking away. Right. Well, because we all know fuck, thoughts and dude. prayers do a lot of. Uh, it helps a lot. I Everyone totally agree. That. Fuck thoughts and prayers, yeah. but. Again, when you're during every tragedy, if you're sending thoughts and prayers, except for when it happens in California, the state that you fucking hate and can't stand and attack all the time in Puerto Rico and stuff like that, when you don't do it for these certain things, it's a targeted thing. So he's it's so not, instead of thoughts and prayers, he's trying to send solutions or ideas. And I agree, the timing is bad. Nobody's saying he's tactful. I agree with that. But I also agree with the sentiment that 
they were not controlled fires. They, this could be prevented. Right. It happens I, every yeah. year, I'm bigger and bigger. With that I'm saying it was it was the way he came about. At all. It was, and the timing. That that's not the time. Not the time. Agree. Exactly. To say, hey, you motherfuckers, y'all are the reason. The yes. other thing is, it's very interesting that when it came when it comes to Florida and Texas, who where he loves and his heart is, he BF, they are he hearts Florida and Texas. Yeah. He shows up with relief, but Puerto Rico and California, who he hates. There's no, it's not rocket science. You know what I mean? I do think emotion should be taken out of when you're voting. And I don't think you should vote with, uh, with a lack of reason. I think you should be informed about issues, especially in your immediate habitat when you're voting locally. You really need to know what you're voting on because it does affect your everyday life. But when it comes to issues of science... They think that that is a humanitarian act, and there are a lot of people who really believe that that is science. They what don't do you, believe what do you mean? What do you mean? when it comes to the climate. A lot of people, when you hear a lot of conservatives say, "Oh, they don't believe in climate change," and they're like, "Oh, that's that hokey shit. That's that. That's not real." You know, and and there are people who are have scientific proof that believe that the climate is being affected by the damage that we're doing. It. Do you believe in climate? Change? I I completely a hundred percent believe in climate change, and okay. the conservatives I know are slash. Republicans do too. The only question I have and that they have is how much is it being affected by humans and how much is it just natural earth with or without us? That's my question. Yeah. I do believe in climate change. Also, the earth is flat. Thank you. Uh, no, that's, that's well, just my question. But that's so, a great, I'm that's a great start right there. <laughs> you, you have to believe in climate change because all the hot air coming oh, out of your mouth. There we go. There we go. There we go. Sex Redeem is yourself with a Kiburel joke. <laughs> Thank you. The timing was bad. I, right. I don't disagree with that. What he should have said was thoughts and prayers, waited a week, then said it. Sure. But the the end result is still the same. Why isn't California doing anything about this? But there's a but long also, list of things that Donald Trump has said about California in, in terms of him pulling his support for the state prior to fires. So I think that that is why people yeah. look at it and say this is a targeted thing yes. and it's not specific to the fire. I think Donald started the fire so we can pull the fun. Well, look, when you, have, when you have poop maps in San Francisco that says where hobos took a shit, I agree, maybe something needs to change. Uh, Listen, I didn't think out my Uber competitor that well. I should have <laughs> gone back to the drawing board on that app. But I, the point is... You don't blame. You don't. You don't even blame California for it. Can we say now that the that the fire will be overseen and the that land is flat, the caravan can move in. That's what I care about. I will tell you this. I was a Dodge caravan loaded with people headed this way. <laughs> <laughs> Five thousand people. All right, let them come well, to no, your house. No, I think that actually. I mean, look, I don't think it's demonizing the caravans any good, but I wasn't going to take a trip to Rosarito <laughs> this Friday, and then I looked in the, and I was looking at NPR, and they're like, right now at, at the Tijuana crossing, there's four thousand people waiting, and they're like have extra security and barricades, and I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be bringing weed over. I'm not going to risk right. that. Ben, you NPR? No, never, never. <laughs> Here's what I think. Uh, I think you should vote with a with a mixture of emotions and information. I think duh, you should be well informed. I don't I agree, but I also kind of see your point. <laughs> <laughs> because our, I mean, isn't that what we all don't you vote with emotions anyway? Don't no. you have that human empathy facts when you go to? Uh, I mean, duh, facts, duh, right? But like, also, you have to care about the people on certain issues because we're not just talking about black and white issues. You're talking about you know, fucking human beings and stuff like that. And if you say that nobody's ever voted with emotions or that it's only liberals that vote with emotions, then you're tough enough. Okay, that's not my accent. 
accent. And I want every Republican to take back their vote for George Bush the second time around after 9 11. Because yeah. it was like every motherfucker was like, we're going to get them. Like it was fucking okay, well, see, like, people were riled up. And you, it was all emotional. When you do that, voting. that's pretty divisive. Because I haven't done. I'm like, from Ohio. I'm allowed to do it. I have friends. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I haven't. Oh, I have a black friend, so I can say something. Sure, of course. Uh, I'm saying I don't that think you do when, anymore. <laughs> So when we talk about this emotion talk, which is always pinned on the liberals, nobody gets more emotional than conservatives when they talk about abortion. They right. talk well, about abortion and they bring Jesus. Only talk about because the facts back them up. Bring it to Jesus. Yeah. There are no facts. The facts back them up. No, the Bible is not facts. No, no, they're talking about The Bible is not facts when it comes no, to people who don't. I don't use the Bible to back up my yeah. on abortion. Okay, so what, but, what is it? Do you want to debate abortion? Yes, Two-minute abortion tangent. Abortion tangent. Abortion tangent. Okay, I was going to go with death man. Abortion and facts. Okay, just go emotion and facts. I don't want to get yelled at by I think you should always let facts... Facts need to sort of trump feelings. Of course. When it comes to the ultimate decision on the issue. I don't think it's a good idea to remove emotion from voting entirely. I think you have to have compassion. I think if you remove it completely, you're left with, you know, like you said, you can't save everyone. You're left with these decisions where you will simply harm people for statistical advantages and things like that. But I, I think you should let emotions sort of, you know... I think harm people for statistical advantages is the Republican Party's platform, isn't it? <laughs> oh, wow, that's middle, slogan. Huh? middle, huh? And the Republican Party's, uh, the, the Democratic Party's slogan is, we love granola and just care too much about everybody, and we are gun broke because we suck so much. <laughs> thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Thank you, thank and you. fuck guns. Fuck guns. Let shoot me. Just go ahead and shoot me. I don't want to protect myself. Oh, but I you like that. Well, what I was going to say, though, is I, I think it. where you can sort of see where emotion and, and facts would you can sort of meld them together is with Trump's discussion of the fire. He presented facts. He just needs... He has no emotional sensi- sensitivity about what's going on. He presented where a great blend said, of emotion and where, facts. Where if he would have said, you know, it's terrible what's happening. Right. There's a lot we need to do to fix this. We can, you know, engage in better forest management. We right. can clean up the forest better. Exactly. Instead of saying, you know, raking, like we need to clear things up. But he you also, can say all of these factual things with a, a hint of empathy. But he also, yeah. he also, yeah. made, yeah. Sure, yeah. He also made sure in that to say, I just talked to the president of Finland yesterday, and yeah. he says that their forest management's great because yeah. they rake leaves. And the Finland president immediately said, I never said anything about raking. <laughs> <laughs> and and we don't paradise. Leaves. He I said, I was going to say that pleasure. 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 No, pleasure. Pleasure. What do you say, though, that it's, it, doesn't it make you nervous to know that it's that somebody's feeding him that information? That's not his own information. What do you mean? And I think he hears. The fact a, that I, he's, I don't think. I think he, he hears a bunch of information yeah. and then repeats like, back like what is in the forefront of his mind. At no, the time. Obama was a but, smart motherfucker, and no, no, you can't he take that opinions. away from him. He heard other people's opinions. Absolutely, right? he heard other know people's which one opinions. Was his? It doesn't matter. He was intelligent well, to form his own decisions. I think but Trump I think, is very intelligent. I think we can all agree the way Trump comes up with his speech lines and the things he's publicly is he's it, like a writer's room. He's the head writer and people are just pitching him yeah. fact and he's, yes. he's only seeing it through the filter of how can I turn that into a slam? Yeah. How can I make fun of California well, with that? How can I make fun of Democrats with that? He's a reality star. It's all about yeah. the ratings. And so and I, I don't, I don't, that's why I don't really like half the stuff he says, it, sure, it upsets me or whatever, but I don't take it to heart because I'm like, he's just doing it because he's 
fucking trying to get us to get. Have you guys thought about that? Not listening to the up. words, but just looking at the actions. Oh, Have his actions like deporting, like that? putting yes. kids in cages yeah, and stuff one, like that. Yeah. yeah, sure. I look at those like actions. Obama did too. Yeah. Yeah. Like Obama, Obama never separated children. No, he did. No, he did not. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Obama did not separate the children. His actions like there were there's good people inside of Nazis. Sure, I'll look at that. Yeah, there were good people. There were a lot of Obama had to temporarily remove children just when the parents were facing a judge. It was for like a half day or a day. It was yeah. not for three a months. A lot of on those end. photos oh. yeah. and they that got popped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of them were from 2014. Yes. 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 The photos were, but the reality was that he didn't do what he Donald did. That is but the reality. Was, the photos. But then there was other problems and, 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 under his policies. Where there was a hit of time. <laughs> I'm learning to love you. You're, you're new to me. You sound like every guy I've ever dated. At the same time, <laughs> nobody believes you have a black friend, Irina. But I've um, been holding that one for about five minutes. Um, anyway, so I'm sorry, you look sad. Um, <laughs> Is this how humans do it? <laughs> <laughs> but even on the issue of climate change specifically, you, you both said we believe in climate change. Yeah. Just not if people, if humans did it. That's what we mean when no, we say climate change. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Ben, that's not what I said. Yeah. To what Adam, degree? Adam, to what said. degree? Adam, she, repeat what she I said. She said to what degree it is. <laughs> to what degree? Yes, yeah, some human action influences the climate in small ways. We so don't do know you how not much think, of it is part of right. a cycle. But do you not and think it makes, it, makes, it makes sense that when we are covering the planet with an unnatural smog and fog that's created by billions of cars, and we have billions of cows that are creating methane at levels that was never naturally there, that it would just make sense, no matter what degree we are affecting it, if we can, a half a degree helps slow it, shouldn't we be taking bold actions to do that? Why is that also not if issue? Not if the actions which we're taking aren't going to change anything when other countries are pumping out pollution too, and when the actions that we take That's why you got to stay in a Paris Climate Accord, and you got to work then for a better accord, not remove ourselves from the one international accord. I mean, the accord that didn't punish anyone for yeah. going over the limits. They were all voluntary limits. It was all voluntary. Yes, it is because they're it, putting money exactly in nothing. Well, all the other countries pretty much are on but, target to meet their goals, and, and we pulled out. No, they're absolutely not. China's has exceeded their goals by thousands. It's that's absolutely incorrect. Ben. I might be wrong, but and trust yes. me, Ben knows nothing about pulling out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Neither, neither do I, Ben. Neither do I. Uh, I I agree with Adam's point, though. It's uh, it's the degree. I and look, if we find out it's hundred percent us, fuck. I'm I'm sorry. I'll get a Prius. But I, I want to know to what degree, and, and I haven't seen anything. And I think the consequences of it, are like, you know, people make fun of Al Gore, you know, you know endlessly over it. But yeah. the sort of dire predictions that are made don't pan out with the sort of severity and immediacy that the left yeah, has pushed. Yeah, you're right. Past. There's not yeah. huge record-breaking yeah. natural yeah. disasters every five exactly. minutes lately. But, 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 exactly. Oh, wait, there is. Exactly, Ben. Exactly. Also, like, when you watch The Weatherman every week, yeah. and sometimes he's off, do you just go, fuck that guy, I've never listened to him again. He's sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> really? Yeah. If sometimes he's inaccurate all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. If he's wrong every once in yeah. a while, I go, I used to listen to him. Right? Don't you I do wish L.A. Weathermen stopped putting weather things in their names. I'm Johnny Mountain. Let's go now to Dallas Rains. Don't you think that this extreme, like, you know, we have two days left, do you you think that's helping? I think it's, I think it's causing an urgency to a subject that we need to take a closer look at. I think it's marketing. I think it is. I think it's like, hey, look at this right now. We're all going to die. And people are like, oh, I better look at that. Instead of just being like, hey, you know, in a few years, our pollution is going to do it. Nobody's listening to that. You have to go, hey. 
we're gonna fucking die. And I go, oh, what, what are you talking uh, you're about? Right. Well, I think, I think we should about. focus on on pollution and yeah. what humans do, which is why sure. you should be doing something about California. Which is what Trump said, which is sure. why we should be doing we, controlled births. We agree on this, of course. So, can humans, we all agree this that... This is what I'm we gonna, can do as humans, right? I'm sure. going to dare to try a multi-tiered can we all agree and see if we can all agree on this. Can we all agree that we should do what we can to curb humans' contribution to yes. climate change yes. and that we should also focus a large part of that on getting international agreements that are binding that we can all get into. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Trump should try to use more empathy when he speaks but that also the press shouldn't react, especially the left press, every single time he speaks, like it's the worst thing in the world just because he's they're still acting surprised that he speaks with insensitivity. Can we agree with all yeah. of that? Sure. Yeah. And I'll be the first. Look at that. Ask, really? Ask, all of that? Absolutely. Yeah. The show works. No. Oh, shit. I said no. We did. What? You did? No, the, the only thing I agree with oh, all Jesus. that. Oh, no. you, might, you, might have to, you, may, you might have the same objection I was considering. Yeah, I think we do. I think that the... Let the man speak for me. What's your no? What's your no? Wait, what were the things again? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I came the, the international agreements. Yeah, the, the, uh, I, that, that was mine. The international agreements. I doubt that everyone Are you going to trust Putin? Will I'm sorry, Putin? Putin? Uh, are you... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't, uh, don't have pollution. Of course, like, yeah, he's But you president. just said we he's need the to focus on the president of America. How do you bind them? How do the Russians have the worst Putin in that What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> we solved America. We're gonna open yeah. up to questions from the audience. Questions, comments, anything you guys got. We got a few minutes left here. Uh, Shannon's gonna walk around with a microphone. Please uh, raise your hand, and we'll come right to you. You're right up here. Oh, we have me and Chris Bowers in the front. I will Been climb over chairs. Waiting for a white man to chime in. Ben. <laughs> so um, I think we can agree that. Uh, a lot of what's going on right now is fear on both sides. Through social media and the the, the, the media in general, just tries to make us scared as sh- shitless of each yes. other, yes. and that yes. both sides are trying to destroy everything. So I would like for each one of you on either side, can you name something from your side that you think is kind of ginned up and is we're trying way too hard to be scared of it, and we're trying like for our own base. It's hmm. a good question. That you think is um, overblown. To me, well, well done, on the left, the demonization of white people. I think that that is the categorizing all white people who disagree with you as a white supremacist is very problematic. I think um, I don't um, I got into an argument with a liberal woman because a teacher in Baltimore used the N word in the classroom. She used it in, in her context. She was telling the kids, you don't want anybody to look at you like that. It wasn't the right, the best choice of words, but they, they were rallying for her to get fired. And I said, no, this is a teaching moment, because if you fire that lady, 32 black kids are not going to have a teacher in Baltimore, which is, they need the teacher. Was she a white teacher? Yes. Okay. The N-word's only appropriate in the classroom when you're reading Huck Finn. We all know that. No, but what I, what I was true. saying was, I came under attack by a lot of liberal people because I said, don't fire her. And I'm far from a sellout, but I do think that continuously turning everything into, and there we do have some race issues, but our biggest problem in this country is not about race, it's about the haves and the have-nots, and it's that top 1% yeah. crushing us all. So I think that if we continue to have that, that conversation that keeps us distracted about race all the time, we're never going to get to the real issue. And I think that liberals, I was just telling her, nobody 
She says she gets accused of being a racist. I said, I bet you the people who are calling you the racist the most are white people. Yes, <laughs> white women. And, yes. I, and I told her it's Uh-oh, amazing how um, white, white liberal women have taken on this banner of saving everybody without realizing that that's racist unto itself. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Those groups can speak for themselves. They're strong enough. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's kind of goes with yours. It's this idea of stripping people away from their careers and stuff like that. I think the left does that way too much. Where like I I have an unpopular opinion about the Roseanne Barr stuff. Like I don't think Roseanne should have lost every fucking thing she's ever done in her career. They took down. You can't find the overhead. She got a lot of great stuff for black people too over the course. Yeah, she did a lot of good. Like had sex with them groups. Stripped her of everything over a tweet. I think that on the left hand side is getting way fucking out of hand, and I think we need to really take take a moment and and really like again to, to go on your guys' points earlier about um, the Kavanaugh hearing. Um, they tried to strip him right away without even a trial at first or even hearing his uh, hearing anything. And I think that's wrong. I think you have to hear both sides of the stories. I think you have to hear everybody out. And I think you can't silence either side and just strip people away without actually finding out what's going on. I agree. I agree. Right? Uh, I would say on the right, uh, I do think we need strong border policy, but I would like to see Republicans focus more on immigration reform rather than pushing just sort of fear of, you know, the, the southern border and just like everyone who comes across it. And I think we do need a strong border there. But I think our immigration process right now is just incredibly difficult and convoluted for people who do want to come here legally and who do, you know, legitimately need asylum and yeah. people who do yeah, want also to come here Yeah, it's not helpful to, like, threaten canceling asylum. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think asylum should be canceled. And I think I would like to see them come up with, you know, whether, whether the wall is part of that or not. I've never been, like, a big wall supporter. I don't sort of hate it. But whether or not that's part of it. Album, I think we need very... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think we do need to sort of look at our immigration process and sort of make it uh, not, not just, you know, simpler, but in a way that still safely vets the people coming to this country. But I, I know friends who have tried to come to this country, not just from Mexico, but from England and from Singapore, and they come here legally, they work hard, they hire lawyers to try to get them their citizenship, the lawyers take their money, and then in two years they have to go back to where they came from, they lost all this money, and, you know, they were safe, productive people who cannot get through our complicated immigration that is process. That is the, the real crux, I think, of our immigration problem, is British people with lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But my point is, if they're having problems, right. then yeah. the people who have nothing are having you know problems getting through. Totally. Irina, you got one? Um, I, I will also this, say... This presupposes you're capable of introspection. I don't know. <laughs> are you flirting with me? No, always. Uh, I will also say I want a better life for my kids and I need a better job. It, you have kids? I'm out. Flirting's off the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I just wanted to point out Irina's one black friend is here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Esau, is that you? No. Close. Okay, I can't You have two black you. friends. I can't. I can't. Sorry. Uh, I think I want a better life for my kids is not uh, a refugee status or asylum. I, I'm actually a refugee. Uh, we were, Jews were persecuted in Ukraine and Russia. And uh, that's how we came here, on a refugee status. Uh, you know, gulags, uh, prison. Uh, so uh, I want a better life. I want a better job. I want benefits. It's not asylum. Or, you know, I'm being persecuted in my country. Just to briefly talk about that. Great question. Uh, to me, it's the the religious aspect, the the Bible. The uh, yes. I I don't 
I don't care. I, I, I think it needs to be taken out. It's been rewritten. People have, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. And these people are writing, uh, you know, uh, this is what happened fucking 4,000 years ago or whatever. I'm not good with math. Uh, so I think that the Bible should be taken. Most of those people were high on shrooms anyways. I think the burning bush was a weed bush. I, I just the Bible when you talk about abortion when you talk about gun rights get the fucking Bible out of it and again just facts statistics numbers like the, yes. the Bible can be great for the comfort it gives people within their own religious yes. practice yes. Yes. yes but I think when it, I do agree when it crosses into legislation and uses yeah. as ba as backing for policy it makes no sense there's an, act, yeah. Uh, yes. an, yeah. an old joke yes. in my act I, I say that uh, <laughs> I keep seeing these bumper stickers everywhere that say Jesus is God read the Bible and I just think it's kind of ridiculous to be citing as backup proof, the only place that says that. That's like saying animals can talk. Watch Dr. Doolittle. I, I will say, like, it's hard not to debate her on the Bible, but I'm, I'm a Christian who believes literally the Bible, but I agree 100% that you need to be able to formulate your political opinions and sort of, you know, what you believe ideologically and, ideologically and morally yes. and politically yes, yes, and argue yes. it without basing it just in scripture yes. and your religion. Right. And right. you can send all all male disagreeing with Adam to his home inside the body of a whale. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't live in a cookie tree anymore? <laughs> I've recently moved. Yeah. Any other questions, comments from the audience? Hello? Oh. Guys, you promised me. Oh, one more, so I don't yell at Ben later. We need one more, so I don't get yelled at. One more question, comment. This segment doesn't seem to be working. Chris Bowers <laughs> got a second one, you guys. Wait, have have her say it, and it'll be. Yeah, yeah. Whisper it, and Chrissy's here. Come on, really whisper in her ear real quick. We were with a lot of time <laughs> being wasted here. I'm gonna fill the gap with talking. And this is so great. Dun, dun, okay, dun. so okay. do we have another question her? or are we making her ask a question? Yeah, we'll it's you know. yes. affirmative action question here. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy, organic <laughs> question coming from you. Do words cause harm? No. Great question. That's it. No. No. Yeah, Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a there's a trickle down effect to them. I think they I think they cause effect. I don't think they cause Harm. That's a. I think words I mean, do yeah. cause harm. If you tell a child their whole life that they're nothing, they'll yeah. grow up to believe that they're nothing, yeah. or they'll be stronger. If you if you implant, if you are feeding stuff into people's subconscious minds, I think you should be accountable for your words, especially you if go. you hold the highest <laughs> office in the country. I think all politicians should words be cause harm hugely. Are words sides. violence? Do you think words are violence? Words can be violence. No. Do you think words are Words. Yes. Do you think words are violence? No. Do I think that words. all words are violence? No. But I do. I think that who some words can be violence. Who decides? That's what I'm the people know. who who practice violent uh, who are violent towards others. Okay. So I hate. Uh, I I hate. Uh, let's say women. I say that phrase, and someone goes up. Uh, someone goes out and shoots. Uh, you know, whatever. Why am I full of women? It's the reason That's, why you I can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. Of course, they don't. You can't do whatever yeah, you want. Just think, even but just the example I, that Mike just gave when, when, when he said that he doesn't think that, that people's careers should be ruined over accusations before there's a fair trial, and you agreed with that. Yeah, yeah. That's a big premise of you on, of, of yours on, on, on social media. Those are just words. Those words yes. literally cause harm. Can but, I? They're can I ruining question? careers based I, only on words. But that's what I'm saying. I don't... Uh, yes, I agree with you. Oh, great. No. Can, can, I respond, <laughs> can I respond and ask a question in return? So I think words can cause 
It depends what you mean by harm. Emotionally, yeah, yeah. They, they can career-wise, they can stir people up. You know, they can. Now, when you make an actual threat of violence, that's not a joke, that's not satirical, right. that's not you know just a phrase. Yeah, then you need to you know act on the information of someone making a specific and right. real violent threat. Now, when you're saying that they cause harm, uh, my question would be uh, like, where? What are you hoping to get out of that question? I don't think action should be taken against words. They can hurt people's feelings. They're still allowed to say those words. Yeah, I, but I, 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 I think I think words lead there, especially as comedians. Yeah, yeah. Really? I, think, I think to your your point, point, if you're saying that I hate women, if if the president of the United States is on is going, I oh. hate women, I hate women, women are the, are the enemy, women are this and that, and then somebody shoots a bunch of women, you go. Well, you know, my guy has been telling me that he... But how can you connect the two? That's he not well, but here's how you connect them. It's, it, it's not just that hypothetical. It's libel laws and slander yeah. laws. Yeah, what do you mean words can't harm? So words people's entire reputations and lives can be fired from their jobs just from somebody saying an accusation. There wouldn't be laws. There are laws. There are actions against certain words. You think we should have those laws? I don't no, think, I, I do. I, I think he's accountable. I don't think he's responsible. I don't think he's culpable. I will, but I, I'm not going like to... You can't arrest Donald Trump because some crazy person right. went right. and sent bombs to crazy people. Person. But yes. you can hold him accountable for inciting that. And I yes. think if you, if you hold everyone accountable... Yes. Everyone account. Everyone yes. should be held yes. accountable. I, I don't think just Donald Adam, Trump. I think we have one Thank more you. question right yeah. there. Well, well, get excited. Well, we have another question. Yes. Uh, oh. Is it my one black friend? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm oh very God. glad they have a question because hey. I'm pretty sure they were imaginary. So uh, <laughs> you guys disagree that words can be violent. Um, what you don't un- let me ask you a question. Um, have you ever seen the violence that comes with someone being called a nigger? Yeah. Wow. No, have, I, have you? That was. A, Here, here's what I'm saying. So, so what words lead? Words lead to violence. Yeah. Yes. And so exactly. But words so that's, themselves so, are that's not a violence. Prime example of that is words is, themselves are not violence. Violence yeah. is violence. Exactly. But word, I said, but they lead that to that cause and effect. Murphy, you, you, you bought nigger, kike, uh, cunt, faggot. Absolutely, are violent. I actually prefer they have been the they have been connected to people being mistreated. They have been connected to people being abused. They have been connected to people people being murdered. To take to say that there is no violence connected to those words when you know the connotation, you know what's behind it, is tone deaf. Absolutely, words can be violent. And if it's not physical violence, it is emotional violence, but it is absolutely violent. And if you've never been a part of a group who has suffered the violence of being called one of those words, and you're Jewish, you're Jewish. Yeah, well, I've been called plenty of Okay, words, but and- what I'm saying is, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, I feel that way. I'm not, I'm not fo- forcing that on anybody else. He asked what we thought by way of her, and I'm answering... <laughs> I absolutely believe that words can be violent. I, and, you know, believe that those Muslim people and those Jewish I, people who I got... Well, but that, and I, that concludes our stage reading of Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, assault is words. It's threat of action. Battery is when you actually hurt somebody, and it's against absolutely. the law to assault. Yeah. There's plenty yeah, of words yes. that are against the law. And assault Wait, is what? violent. Wait, well, hold on. Are you talking about physical yeah, assault or physical? No, assault is not physical. It's, it's a misnomer. Assault yeah, and battery. Right. The right. battery is when you hurt somebody. The threat of violence through yeah. words 
and posture is what is assault. I guess no matter what I'm called, especially in the bedroom, I, I don't know. I don't get offended. It doesn't... I that's call, you, though. No, that's but that's what I'm saying. So why do I fit in that category of now it's now it's violence? If I, you know, I've been called geig or, you know, Russian or whatever, a hook or whatever the fuck it is. I don't care what it is. Or, yeah. you know, as if a woman... If you're asking you're to be called those things, it doesn't count. Oh, well, yeah. then never mind. I think this is never why I was asking, you know, what what then is the... What is the end game of describing words as harm? I totally agree that words can incite violence they can be harmful yeah. I think saying those you know slurs is offensive yes where it gets more nuanced is when you're deciding to ban other words or when people are sort of deciding anything they disagree with hurts them or offends yeah. them or someone should lose their job over it or that should you shouldn't be allowed to say that I or you shouldn't that. be allowed to yeah. you know state that opinion because that hurts me then I would say no I protect the language even yeah. when it comes to slurs and things yes. like that I think you know now if you're working for a you know you know a company or you know you're, you're in a public yeah, you know the the public face of you know your workplace or something like that. Yeah, they yeah. they have to punish you for saying those things. You but, are obsessed with right. <laughs> But I don't think wow. the government should prevent people from saying those things. They're horrible, but I, I, I never agree. agree with you that. Know, you're, I don't agree with Like like Mike just said, the government shouldn't prevent and can't prevent when yeah. the president says them on the directly. Yeah. And many yeah. people who are civil rights leaders believe that the most violent uh, act of towards people of color has been economic violence. I agree. It's not physical. I agree. So uh, if economics can be violent, then words can be violent. Take that to drink minimum. <laughs> I only have one. Bullshit. Um, you We're guys, you I, I want to thank you so much. I wanted to thank you all for being here. We have to go so Irina and I can thaw the Cold War. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> A big round of applause. A big thank you to Irina Skaya Maglu over there. Adam Yenser also on the right, on the left. Michael Malone and Ida Rodriguez. Thank you all for being here. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.